Happy New Year, and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler, and this week I'm joined by Olympic snowboarder and total badass Sharka Pankachova. When I reached out to Sharka a few weeks ago to invite her onto my podcast, she mentioned that she was going to be spending some time over the holidays with her girlfriend, and might I want to talk to both of them at the same time for the podcast. And she also mentioned that the two were not getting married at the time because it's illegal to do so in Sharka's home country of the Czech Republic. Sharka represents the Czech Republic on the international stage, and she just didn't feel it was right to get married, which she could do in the United States. Kayleen, her girlfriend, lives in Oregon. Uh, She didn't feel it was right to do it when other LGBTQ people she'd be representing on the international stage could not do so in in her home country. I thought that was really interesting. And so both Sharka and Kayleen joined me this week. Uh, And and we talked not just about that, but also about managing a relationship over 5,000 miles at times. Um, Even though Sharka trains and competes in the U.S. a lot, she does at the end of the day live in the Czech Republic. So anyhow, here's my conversation with Sharka Pankachova and her girlfriend, Kayleen. Well, I'm thrilled to be joined now by three-time Olympic snowboarder Sharka Pankachova, as well as her girlfriend, Kayleen Barley, and they're using the same phone to talk. How very close are you <laughs> right now? Oh, we're about less than a foot away. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if our readers should know Sharka, um, we've, we've written about her a bunch of times. We did a little video of her, and I am pretty confident in saying that Sharka Pankachova is the only professional athlete in history to come out publicly wearing a zebra outfit like she did on our video. <laughs> That's very true. I had to make it a little light, you know. It was a... It was a good, good time. Well, yeah, it was a great. It was a great. It was a great way for people to get to know your personality uh, as well as who you are. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched it too. Yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> Kayleen, did you know Sharka before she did that video, or what? What was it that you two met? I. <laughs> I actually did not know her, and uh, we met on Bumble, the the dating app. (laughs) When was that? Mm, Was it in June of 2018? Yep. Yeah, June 2018 in Oregon, in Portland. Yep. So I I know you've shared this story before, but Mm -hmm. Kayleen, you have to share um, the story of, of, of how you two met. And, and, and the fun little adventure that was that night. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, well, I turned my Bumble on, and I had it set to uh, guys and girls in Portland. And mostly just try and find some fun people to go do activities with. And I had matched two people. One was Sharka, and one is uh, my friend now, uh, Michael. And... I had kind of set up two dates in the same night. Um, I was a little limited on time, and they were both wanting to do something that night. So I ha- kind of had the two activities set apart about three hours. And the first activity was with Michael, and it was a going to like a surf premiere movie. 
and then to go get tacos later with Sharka. Well, I meet Michael at the Sur premiere, and um, it's kind of running a little bit late. The show was starting kind of late, and so we were hanging out for a while, and I guess it was getting closer to that time when I was needing to start <laughs> leaving and to go see Sharka, and um, I didn't want to leave him hanging, and I, I kind of felt bad about it, and I was actually having a really good time as well. So I asked him if I could invite a friend to come hang <laughs> to come hang out and he's like of course yeah and so I text Sharka and I said hey do you want to come over and check out this event and she said yeah I'd love to and so she came to it and I introduced her to Michael <laughs> as my friend um, I'm not even I don't remember how you guys figured out that I feel like I said that I was like are we on like a triple date now or something and then yeah. Was, yeah it was kind of funny at the moment I was like oh well I guess we're going with this. <laughs> yeah, and and now we're friends, and actually we might even hang out with Michael this weekend. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So, so you arrange you arrange two dates for the same night, and they end up merging, and everybody's cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we all snuck up to the upstairs and had a beer together, and and watched the premiere of the movie, and then we all went home separate. <laughs> yeah, very true. And um. Yeah, now we're all friends, and yeah, that's cool. Yep. Charco, what did you, what did you think when you realized that you were in the middle of a double date with the same person? Well, I kind of, you know, I in the first place, I think before we met me and Kayleen, I was kind of in this like. I was getting over this girl, and then I was kind of just like, I was like, whatever, fuck it. I'm I'm just going to have a good time, and I'm going to meet people, and I'm just going to have them as my friends and, like, not try to meet somebody that I, like, want to have a relationship with. And I really just, like, was like, okay, I'm going to go on, on this date, but I wasn't going there as, like, going there to find somebody that I would want to date. I kind of just wanted to find a friend, too. And then I ended up there, and I was on a triple date, and I was like, oh, whatever, this is fun. I, I like this. This is awesome, you know. So it, was, it kind of worked out. Um, nobody had hard feelings about it. And it was kind of just, like, really casual and fun. I think we were all in that same position of, like, we weren't trying to – nobody was there for an actual date. Yeah. So, like, Michael just moved yeah. to Salem. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. But I feel yeah. like a lot of people could get offended and be like, no. And turn around and walk away. You know, I feel like it was uh, not okay to have two different people on the date. Yeah. Well, and and in in, in same sex relationships, it's it's kind of a, I don't know. It seems like it might be easier. This was kind of like across genders and across sexual orientations, and just it, the the dynamics could have been uh, problematic. But I guess everybody was just kind of cool, and so it just didn't matter. Yeah, I think it was yeah. just like a really fun night, and we all had a good time, had a beer, and then just went home. No expectations. Now, Kayleen, when you left, did you think, hmm, I want to know more about this Sharka chick? <laughs> I did. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, we, um, I actually was so confused. So I was, I had to ask her if she was like actually gay because I was like, you're too cute to be gay. And, <laughs> Wait, I don't believe mean? it. What is what is weird <laughs> to be gay? Mean? No, no, that was a bad thing to say. 
But like, you know how it's just like I and she's not like a typically has, doesn't have that energy like a lesbian energy. You know, like sometimes you can get like feeling that there's like the uh, gaydar. Yeah, like your gaydar is going off, and you know that this person is gay because of right. the way that they like they their energy and like the way that they talk and like certain like like body language and such. But I wasn't getting any of that from her. I was like really confused about this whole thing, so uh, yeah. So I just kind of asked her if she was gay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it feels like more and more, more and more people are falling out of those stereotypes, and it's becoming it's becoming really hard to pick the gay person yeah. out of the crowd. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree with that definitely. And, and so, how did you like? What was the next step? I mean. Sharka, were you just there for the weekend? What were you doing in Oregon? And, and, and how are you going to get together again? So so the thing is, like, I usually spend my summers in Oregon because I snowboard in Mount Hood. Um, and they have, like, a good facility for us to train and, and be on the mountain and, like, have a good park where we can ride all summer, which is very, like, one of the only places in, like, North Hemisphere. So I just go there like almost every year, basically. And I was like, oh, you know, so I kind of just got got bored and got on Bumble, I guess. But um, so I, I spent here actually or, or in Oregon quite a lot of time over the summertime. How, how, how do you navigate the long distance? Because it's not like you live, uh, you know, a, a drive away. You, you live a continent away. There's an ocean between you. How do you two navigate that in your relationship? I think it was first we spent quite a bit of time together when mm-hmm. you first were here the first summer. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we did so like spend, yeah, a little bit of time. Having that foundation, I think, was really helpful. Yeah. I think if I just met you and you were gone, I don't think that would yeah. have ever worked out. I mean, we didn't get that much time. Like, in my enough time is like three weeks maybe you know or something like that and then i leave for like two months mm-hmm. so it's like it was nice to just kind of get to know her and like see how she behaves and if she's like actually the person that i would like to be with or like what you know get her personality and spend some time with her so that was definitely helpful but i don't know i think we each really like our own time because I get really productive when I'm by myself. I I do a lot of things. I edit my videos and I I snowboard. I get to concentrate on what I need to concentrate on. And then same thing, I think, with Kayleen. Mm -hmm. She kind of does her own thing. So we, I don't know, I actually quite like it because then I like know that that's my work time. And then when I'm with her, it's my play time. Mm -hmm. When it came time after those first three weeks, Sharka, for you to to leave the country, what feelings were you having? Were were you were you too upset? Were you anxious, excited? Because because you know suddenly you were going to be apart. Yeah. I think you were airbagging. Oh yeah, Austria. yeah. I was going to Austria for I don't know maybe like a month. I'm sure I was like I mean it's like same thing now. Like when we spend some time together. Then I get really sad because I get used to her for, you know, a certain period of time. And it's nice to have that person and be able to, you know, snuggle and just kind of like hang out together and spend some time together. And then when you're about to leave, it's it's sad. But then, you know, once the first 
week or two go by, like you kind of get it back into that routine of being in like long distance relationships. So we we do call quite a lot. So um, and have a lot of conversation over phone. It's not the same thing, but um, for me at this point, it's pretty enough. I would say. Mm-hmm. Kayleen, do you ever go over to Europe to visit Sharka? Um, I did. I went there. Well, three and a half months or four months after we were kind of seeing each other mm-hmm. in the middle of October. Yep. Yeah. We did like a rock climbing trip. So yeah. She came for like 10 days or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty fun. She met my family, or not my parents, but my grandma and my brother and his kids. And it was really nice, yeah, mm-hmm. to get to be part of the family. Are you two engaged to be married? Uh, Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> when you get engaged, then that means you want to get married, no? I guess we are engaged, yeah. Yes, you're yeah, engaged. engaged. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, you 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 intend to get married at some point. Yes, yes. we would like to. <laughs> and, and 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 Sharka, I think you mentioned that you were you were going. You decided you were going to wait until it's legal in the Czech Republic. Is that right? Yes, I think, um, I don't know, I mean, it's, I don't feel like it's, it's just like a wrong thing, you know, we're in 2020 almost, and I feel like it's just, and the fact that, like, she's American and I'm Czech, we could easily get married, because we could get married in America, and we thought that maybe if we do, like, um, if we say that, that's why we're not doing it. It will have a little bit more of a, um, like, it will have, get more press, which, and then we can, like, get more public awareness through that, and, um, which did. Like, I got a few friends from home, they're, like, a bunch of actors and sports people trying to help me push this and, like, you know, have the public be more aware of the problem and, just kind of push it more forward because I don't really know how to go with it or like where to go with this and like how to make it happen because I don't know all the rules with like how do you make a new law you know Mm -hmm. so I feel like me because I'm like a little bit of a I'm, I'm a public figure at home and people know me and you know sometimes when there there's like I'm in news so there's quite more publicity through that so I guess yeah, we just wanted to do that because we didn't feel like it was right. And we think that they should have gay marriage in Czech Republic, and it's about time for it to change. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been interesting to see not just same-sex couples, but opposite-sex couples, you know, make these announcements. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in Australia and the United States where where the, even, even quote-unquote straight couples have said, we're not getting married until the gays get married. Uh, Kayleen, mm-hmm. how did... Yeah. How do you how do you feel about that waiting until it's legal in Sharka's home country? Yeah, I'm really supportive of it. I think we both right away we're pretty much on board with mm-hmm. with waiting for that. I mean, if I lived in her country and I didn't have the ability to get married to the person I loved, and you know we had a kid together and we weren't able to share um, or just have the the same rights that. Uh, other couples do I just I don't think that would be fair and I know in America we can make that happen but just making it 
equal to everybody is um, a good thing. I think it's just like a wrong thing, you know, like when I like I represent my country at the Olympics, you know, three Olympics and everybody's like, oh, my God, Sharka's from Czech Republic and all the people from home, they're like, yeah, she's Czech. And then I'm like, I can't even get married or have family in this country. So it's like, what, like, that's so wrong. Don't you think it's like completely wrong when I'm like representing the country at the Olympics and then you can't even get married? And especially... Like, for my friends, too, like, you can't really have kids. And, you know, when the biological parent dies and the kid doesn't have any other, like, um, like blood-related um, parent or grandparents, it goes to a foster child home, even though the other partner is the closest person to them. But they're not blood-related. And they can't even adopt the kid. So I thought that was, like, the biggest biggest you know like deal breaker for me why i was like this is terrible like how would, why would you even do that what are you doing to try to change this i mean other than um being out about this and talking about it publicly are you engaging with lawmakers or people in the media to try to to try to bring change to this yeah i mean the media is pretty they kind of like talking about it now because it's like fairly like still not really that common in Czech Republic to be like openly gay you know so there's not really that many people that are openly gay so they like the the media likes to talk about it so I try to do interviews with them and talk about it how like it's just not fair and all this stuff but I don't know. I have a friend at home that is trying to work on like a campaign for this, so we can push it. I actually, I haven't. I don't know. I don't know how to push it through the through the political side. So I, yeah, I'm not actually sure. We're just trying to like make it more aware, like the public be more aware of it. So because it is in the Senate, they have the law like in the Senate, but they just haven't voted on it. So. I think it just needs like a little bit of a push for them to be like, okay, it's time now. You know, we have to like, I don't know why they haven't been voting on it. Or what was the deal? But um, yeah, so I work with, actually I do work with one of the um, <clears throat> political um, sites and it's called We Are Fair. And they actually try to fight for the gay marriage in Czech Republic. So I, I definitely try to help them as much as I can. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to do best. I only try to, yeah. Kayleen, have, have you been able to engage on this? Or is it is it difficult for somebody, for, for an American, to engage in, in Czech policy? And I'm sure there's got to be some kind of a language barrier there as well. Yeah, I think the language barrier isn't that easy. I mean, I Googled some pages and did like the Google Translate to try and understand the law better. Um, but as far as being an American and trying to, to push on my own, I don't I don't know how I could really, really have that leverage without having Sharka. And I think together, as long as we just keep moving forward with it and keep, you know, doing what we're doing now, um, just putting it into the media, I think that's the best route for me anyways, and maybe mm -hmm. Shark on her end, she can work more with yeah. with her country and, and the people that she, know, she knows. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tried to do like videos. We did one video of uh, like us saying that we're not gonna get married because of that issue, because of the equality, and um, the public or like the media took it and they all like ran it through all the boulevard and such. So I don't know. I'm actually I'm not sure. Like I would definitely could use some help if there is anybody from or your listeners or anybody that could help me on this topic i will gladly take their advice and you know try to do something more but um this is how we're doing it at the moment well if there's anything that we can do to help and and obviously we'll share this on our social media pages and Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 do whatever we can i uh I, I gosh, I don't know anybody in the Czech, Czech Republic, uh, certainly yeah. nobody of prominence. But you know, if if anybody mm-hmm. from this contacts me, I'll certainly send them your way. Mm-hmm. Yep, that'd be great. Thank you. All right, well, everybody, please hang tight for a couple of messages, and we'll be right mm-hmm. back with more from Sharka Pankachova. Okay, we're back with Olympic snowboarder Sharka Pankachova. And Sharka, I'm I'm interested in hearing you talk about your struggles now in trying to change policy in the Czech Republic. I just want love to hear a little bit about growing up in the Czech Republic. You you were born right around the end of of the Soviet Empire, and I'm just curious, like when you were a kid growing up, what was the culture like, and and what kind of Soviet influence was there even even after um, they lost control? Well, it's kind of like still like my parents are like the like the last generation of like when kids are growing up in like, you know, like the communism, for instance, was a big thing. And people are scared and this and that. So they're super conservative. So um, all that kind of plays in role with the, the gay marriage and the equality as well, because people are quite conservative, especially from. Uh, small villages and small towns like Prague is pretty um, cosmopolitan but um, yeah the rest of the Czech Republic is not as open so I, I grew up in like the smallest little village there's basically maybe like four families you know in the middle of the woods and I had three friends because there was all the old kid all the kids that there were in the whole village and we were basically just playing in the woods and um yeah, I mean, I was basically like a normal kid and like being gay, like I didn't realize I was really gay until I was maybe 18 years old. And um, I mean, I kind of knew I liked girls, but like never really acted on it. And it was not very common and it was a bit weird, I guess, that time. So, um, but I had pretty epic childhood, skateboarded smoke cigarettes and more (laughs) (laughs) typical european (laughs) yeah very typical you know trying to uh, stay out of the trouble most of the time but you know getting a little bit of it (laughs) i visited prague a couple years ago and one of the things that i was struck by and 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 i don't mean this i I hope you don't take this offensively it's not intended that way but i Mm -hmm. felt people there were a little um, cold, a little reserved, and 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 yeah. and I wondered if I wonder how much of that was from literally two or three generations 
living under um, uh, really dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I totally agree with that. Every time I come to like Colorado or Oregon or any of like these states, people are so nice and um, and they're like, you know, the bus drivers just high and like tells you what's going on and like this, that. And I'm like, this would never happen at home. They would close the door in front of you and drive away because you're not on time, you know, like it's just like, I don't know. I think people are, it's, I don't know if it's it's probably the mentalities from that time, definitely. And I wonder if, like, I've always thought about it. It's like because people, like, in U.S., for instance, right, they work for, like, tips. So they are they get paid when they're nice, they get paid more. At home, the, the people get paid and they just don't really care so much, you know, about what the customer thinks about them, for instance, or they just get their job done and then they go home and they're not maybe that happy with their life. And I don't know, maybe that was one of the things. Was was there a little, was there a little culture shock coming to a country like the United States? And, and, and and I've heard this from other friends who are European where, um, why is that stranger talking to me? And why is everybody here so friendly? Oh, definitely. I was like, why is everybody asking me how I'm doing all the time? Like, that is, that is like, you know, like, uh, at home, like, you ask, how are you doing to, like, close friends, but not a stranger on the street, you know? Like, it's more, like, if you're actually asking somebody how they're doing, you actually, like, really want to know how they're doing and what they're doing, and, like, they're your friend, but... But being on, like walking on the street and asking people just like out of you know like you don't really want to know, but you it's polite to ask, which is nice i I find it really nice because it's sometimes I get in a cool conversation with strangers just because of like they ask me how I'm doing, right but yeah it's it's so different, I don't know, I think it's for sure like part of it is the mentality of like being under like communism and you couldn't really do much you couldn't leave the country you couldn't own anything and like yeah it was just like a really weird times and people were scared so that now they're like still scared but it's kind of passing but it's still there a little bit yeah it's getting better how did you how did you find snowboarding and 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 at what point did did you realize or did somebody tell you you're really good I, I used to skateboard when I was, I mean, I still skateboard, not as much, but I skateboarded a lot when I was in school, like uh, in middle school or high school or something like that. And uh, and then like in the winter, my brother got his snowboard and I really wanted a snowboard because my brother had it. And um, so my parents got me one for, for Christmas one year. And I started there, I think it was, it was 11 years old. And I kind of just like rode here and there, not very much. And when I was 15 or 16 years old, I think it was 15, I got to this like snowboard camp in Czech. And this guy was like, oh, you're like really good. Like you ride well. And he, it was like, for some reason, it was like before the economy crisis where like the snowboard brands were just throwing money at people if you're like, okay, snowboarder, they were just going to give you so much money. So they got me on this team. And 
I basically just went to Switzerland for two weeks with my friend, and they were just were there, and I, and they they barely knew me, and I was like there, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. We were building jumps in the backcountry, and snowboarding and shooting photos, and yeah, I, and then I don't know, I just like got to that camp before that, and I just was. I don't know, I guess maybe the years of skateboarding kind of, like, got really good at being, like, being really athletic. I did all the sports. I actually was really good at throwing. Like, I would go to all the competitions and win and, like, running and, like, soccer and other things. And I think maybe just running in the woods when I was a child and did basically everything was the good start for being a good snowboarder, I guess, like, physically <laughs> event for it. You're just generally a good athlete. Yeah, I think so. I, I usually, I mean, I, I like doing a lot of things. It's not like, and since I was a child, I, I did everything basically. And I think that's the the biggest thing that when you start doing like all the sports when you're a kid, then you have really good base and like your body knows how to do it, you know, and like you develop certain muscles and then you can go, of course, maybe I'm a little bit, maybe I'm more talented than others, but like, I'm not like any crazy, you know, I just like doing all kinds of sports. And I think that was a good base. You competed in the Olympics three times, twice before coming mm -hmm. out and then once after coming out. Did you, did you mm -hmm. notice anything change about your experience after coming out your 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 Olympic not just Olympic experience but just your experience on the international scene um you know it's kind of hard because like we when I travel with my friends like this the fellow competitors they like they all know that I'm gay right like I don't, I don't hide it and and then one day Cheryl was like oh this girl wants to do an interview with you about you know like do a coming out and I'm like sure that sounds great and I didn't really think about it at all because, like, like I, like I was thinking that everybody kind of knows because I'm in the scene and like my family kind of knew because I had a girlfriend before and I told them, but I never actually thought about it that the whole public scene didn't know. It, for from like the personal perspective, it didn't really change that much, but I think from the public perspective, it changed quite a lot because people are like seeing me as the gay athletes now and doing interviews with me about that, you know, more about that than about my athletic abilities, basically, <laughs> you know? Yeah. What, what, what was the reaction back home when, when this happened? Did, 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 did people take notice? Uh, yes. So I was actually at uh, the world championships in Spain and Usually at the World Championships, there's, like, quite a lot of media from home because it's, like, a big competition, and we have other athletes from our, my country that are quite good, so they send quite a lot of media there. And that's when the interview actually came out, and uh, they all wanted to... So there was, like, basically eight different media outlets were trying to do an interview with me, with me about that, what just happened <laughs> when you guys released the video. Oh, wow. Well, we didn't mean yeah. to cause a stir, but we also meant to cause a stir. So <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Well, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were super um, vocal uh, in 2018, not about LGBT stuff, but 
um, about the competition and and that they were having it in unsafe conditions. Can you just kind of talk about that? And I'm curious if you had any any backlash from just how outspoken you were about it. Well, it's just like a it's hard thing. Like you know, they're all trying to run this competition, but we are basically practicing for this competition for like you know for two to four years. You're training, or I mean, you're basically trying to get this medal since the beginning and then every four year you get a chance and and they run it in like the worst conditions possible and you're just like for real guys like you this is one competition that we all practice for and then you just run it in this and like it's so sketchy like snowboarding is so dangerous and just the jumps are so big and I don't know like I definitely like I didn't feel at at all like I stopped like I had going like a quite a good run and I stopped on the last jump because I wasn't sure if I was going to make it but if maybe if I was like 16 years old I would probably throw myself but at the time I was just like I was like I don't care it's just another stupid competition and this is so dumb like why are you guys sending us in this weather you know it's like it was kind of funny because i knew it was gonna happen like even before the whole thing i'm like we're all like just concentrating on this one thing and then of course it's gonna be a crappy weather and they're gonna run it and it's gonna be stupid like it was just like one of those things so when you're just of course are you aiming for 2022 to 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 um have a like do you think you'll be in the olympics in 2022 do you do you have a shot is that a goal uh yes i'm definitely trying to qualify for the beijing one so we have a this year and the next year is already a qualifier the next season and then yeah i mean if i feel good and i get better I'm, i'm just like i like improving in my sport and i'm improving quite a lot now so i think i'm just I want to go and um, my country is supporting me, which is really nice and they want me to go. So I, I like that. And there's no reason for me not to, if, if I am able to, and I have a chance of a medal because basically the only medal that I'm missing right now. Yeah. Um, well, it's gotta, feel pre- it's gotta feel pretty great to have your country supporting you as an openly gay athlete. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, they're pretty, like, they're usually pretty easy, like, with me, like, sometimes I do something stupid, like, we did a video, we had a bet, and we were biking around woods, topless, but there was no tits, I swear, (laughs) and they were like, come on, you cannot do that. <laughs> I know, and I was like, I always get like slapped on my hands, you know, and then they're like, okay, fine, just do your thing. <laughs> That's why I love watching you and and your um, shark tails and mass attack. Yeah. You guys, you know, always having fun. I know, I I know. Sometimes you just do things that are dumb, and you know, but. You pay for them a little bit, and then it's fine. Again, a little life lesson, I guess. Well, I appreciate you joining me um, I, for the, for this podcast. It means a lot, and and I want to ask one final question: Who who's an Olympian who has inspired you? 
an Olympian that has inspired me. I just like, for instance, let's say like Michael Phelps, right? I like the older athletes because it's okay, it's it's good when you're like a young athlete. You don't really know what you're getting yourself into when you're 18. You're only going up from there. But when you're an athlete that like like has been at the top for a long time and and is like still going. That's very impressive because you go through like downs and ups and like you go through your careers with these waves so many times when you're down, like you're hurt, for instance, and you have to come back and you don't know if you're going to be as good as you were before. So, and when you're young, you're just going up. And even if you get hurt, you don't really know, you know, it's like, it's not as intense, but when you are at the top and then you fall down and you get back to the top, that's like, I, I respect that a lot because it's super hard to not get into your not get in your head and also be able to pull it off like for instance Sean White you know or yeah exactly no. Michael Phelps or these athletes that are just iconic and 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 they and they did it for many years very very inspiring exactly. well, for, for many years too so uh true, true. People looking up to you. Well, I really appreciate yeah. you, you both uh, spending some time with me. And and again, anything that we can do to help raise awareness in the Czech Republic for marriage equality, let us know. Cool. Thank you. Charco will not be competing at the Winter X Games later this month in Aspen, Colorado, as she is competing uh, in Europe, hopefully with some better conditions than she experienced in the 2018 Winter Olympics. Well, that's all I have this week. I hope you all have found uh, happiness and success already in the new year. And check back next week for more conversation about LGBTQ people in and around the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm.